Hello, beautiful souls. You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and angel medium, Julie Jancis. As this episode airs, we are in the midst of COVID-19. Friends, this is tough stuff. There is discomfort and frustration for some, loss and grief for others. And while we're not here to minimize anyone's pain, in the midst of all of it, there is also beauty, love, grace, and compassion in the coming together, kind actions, and rebuilding. We can all see so clearly now that what impacts just one person on one side of the world can impact everyone everywhere. We feel oneness and empathy for one another like never before. This is a massive shift, a global awakening. Allow it to shift and awaken you. Know that as you do, we're here for you, to pray with you, to share your stories, to shine some light, and to help in any way we can as you heal. If you'd like to work one-on-one with me, book a distance session, or take the Angel Reiki School online to develop your own unique spiritual gifts. If you want to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly, take my online angel communication e-course. Your angels want me to tell you that you're going to be okay. They want you to put together your own spirit team here on earth, a team of people and resources who can help you in every area where you need support. And we hope that you'll make us a part of your earthbound spirit team. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us be part of your healing journey. Now let's dive into the show. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis, and today I am here with a beautiful soul, Amalia Andrade, who is a new author. You wrote a book called Things You Think About When You Bite Your Nails, and it's got the cutest, you know, cover. I love it. And I saw it at Target the other day. It's on stands everywhere. Oh my God, really? I didn't know that. That's amazing. I'm so excited. Yes. And I got to tell you, I love this title because here in 2020, I normally don't bite my nails because they're normally done, but um, I haven't been getting them done because of coronavirus. I have bitten my nails and the two times that I've done it this year, chipped my tooth, had to go in and get it filled in. Oh my God. I can relate to that so much. I've been a nail biter for my whole life, but right now it's, it's crazy. I mean, 2020, it's been a really crazy year. I suffer from anxiety, but this has been just beyond my wildest dreams. And, you know, I get it. And that's why I'm so excited to get this book out and that people can, you know, learn how to cope with the fear that's going on and with the anxiety that I think we're all feeling very much. And, you know, I hope it, it, it helps a lot of people. So I'm happy you saw it at Target. I had no idea. This is like amazing news to me. Yay. I'm so exciting. And it must just be like a day of big news for people. So anybody listening, expect big news to come your way. I just got off the phone, you know, before you and I hopped into this. It's something that I haven't mentioned on the podcast yet because I've been trying to like, taper 
my own feelings about it and my own expectations because everything that I do in this lifetime, I've prayed since I was a little girl, you know, God, just let me be a tool that you can work through to help people here on earth. But I'm a human too, right? Like, I don't know if you study or follow Eckhart Tolle at all, but he talks about- You do? He talks about how like when, or actually Oprah talks about how when she called him to let him know that her book, his book was going to be on her bestseller list, that he was just like, okay. And that's not me. Like I would have been flipping out. I would have been going crazy. So before we hopped on this call, a woman that I have been talking with who's a producer of TV shows called, and, and I, it was the weirdest thing. I was connected with two Hollywood producers in the same week, like a while back. And they called because they presented this in front of like the executive committee or the executive team of a very big production like network. And I don't even know all the right lingo, but they're mentioning like all these names of like different stars in Hollywood. And I'm like, yep, yep. I know. I know who that is. And, and they're like, okay, so they're, they really want to do this show and they want the focus to be the angels. And they love that you do this because we need so much more hope in the world right now. So they said they're on board. They want you to do these readings for the exec team. And here I am like, you can't do readings. Like you cannot tap into the other side and be connected through this portal to the other side and God's energy when you're sitting in your own anxiety. So I called my mom and listen, this is exactly what spirit said, Amalia. They were like, your podcast guest today, that's who's going to help you. This is spirit coming through to me. And I was like, okay, but I just got to call my mom. And they go, no, you don't understand. (laughs) You're not going to get what you need from your mom right now. You need to talk to, you need to talk to Amalia. Wow. I, I cannot believe this. First, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is amazing. I am so, so happy for you and for the world. I do think we need more, you know, more angels. We need more calm. We need more, you know, the wisdom angels can give, can give us. And we're so lucky to have people like you in the world. And I am so happy for you and for the world. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so, you know, I've been praying about this um, because we've been recording and filming for the last two weeks. And every time we do, I feel nervous, right? Like when there's these cameras and it's not 100% ago yet, you know, like, but they're, they're still like filming some things. Oh my gosh. But the anxiety that I feel in my heart. So I need to know everything that you know about anxiety and how, how do you really push through that? Because that's not our own energy. That's something else. Yeah. Yes. And I also think it's special for people like you that have a really strong connection because I believe, and I know something about angels. I'm no expert, but they've been in my life forever. And so I, yeah, I kind of know something, but I do believe that there are special people like you who have this great connection. And to me, 
you people are very special and it's very easy for you to have anxiety, not only regarding these cameras and this special project, but just in general, because you are not very, and I say this in, in the nicest way, you're not very connected to the earth. You are very connected to something above. So it's easy to have anxiety because it's easy not to feel grounded. And by, by grounded, I literally mean like you belong to earth or you have like a weight in earth. I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense to you. 100%. Like actually it's so crystal clear and I have felt this my whole life. Like when people would try and do grounding meditations, I go, Mm-mm, this is not for me. <laughs> I, I spend most of my time, my consciousness is not inside my body. My consciousness is hovering outside of my body in my auric field. Like I feel like I glow like a sun where it just radiates out. And, and I don't like that. Why is that? that feeling of groundedness. I think that what you, what that feeling is all about is just like getting to level your head and your spirit with your body. That's ground. That's what grounding is for me. So what happens to people like you or people that are very sensitive or just like people with anxiety disorders like myself is that we, we're born in this body that is ready, it comes with anxiety. Anxiety is a way to, to help you. It's a feeling in your body. It's full of adrenaline and cortisol and all this kind of stuff. And it's there to save you. For example, if, there, if there's a snake and you see the snake, then the anxiety kicks in in order for you to run away. And you need that adrenaline and you need that cortisol to save yourself from the snake. But, you know, we live in a, in, a, in, a, in a world where we don't longer, no longer have like these threats in our lives, but our body is not biologically adapted to the world we're living in. So what happens is that sometimes that anxiety kicks in out of nowhere, or maybe there's triggers, it's different for everybody. And then what your mind does is that it starts believing your body. Because the thing is that it's also, I, I believe we are a society that is not very trained in feeling uncomfortable within our bodies. Everything is always telling us that we need to be more happy. We need to be, we need to feel good. Everything is bombarded uh, towards feeling good. So when we're feeling something that is very uncomfortable, we get very scared. And what it does is that I like to, to put it, and I think you're going to understand it in, in these ways, that you disconnect from intuition and you start reading what your body is telling you. So it's like, oh, I'm not feeling okay. Uh, this is not going well. So then it becomes like a cycle your mind starts reading your body and then that's how anxiety attacks or panic attacks occur. So what people do and what, what is the great thing about grounding is that grounding is not, not only, well, for me, the best grounding exercise is just walking barefoot in, in, like, in something that is not pavement. <laughs> that is a great way of doing grounding. But it's also like, when the anxiety kicks in, try to tell your mind, like, okay, where am I? 
Am I facing something that is going to really kill me? Is my body overreacting? Am I in a safe place? That is grounding, basically. So grounding is stopping that crazy communication between your body that is overstressed and your mind so that you can interrupt that and then you can be more, more calm. That is basically grounding. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. I love that perspective of it because a lot of people, you know, I love it when we can take a spiritual practice and really relate it to everyday life. And those are questions that every person can ask in their their own life. And you know what? Most of the times the answer is yes, I am safe right now. Yes. And we don't do that because you're not feeling uh, well. You're feeling very bad. So, for example, you're in front of the camera or you're like you have all these other fears that are projecting and coming. And then your body reads them, too. And it's like, oh, my God, this is not not okay. I'm not feeling what if I do bad? What if I make a mistake? What happens? And grounding is just staying there. And it's like, am I safe? Yes. Is this maybe kind of scary? Yes. Yeah. Can I do it? Yes, I can do it. Is is it okay for me to make a mistake? Yes, it is okay. And in that way, you can ground yourself and you can get out of it. I know I'm saying it and it's it sounds so easy. It's not it's easy. Not. <laughs> no, it's not. But it takes practice. Mm-hmm. It takes practice, you know, and it's just... Am I okay? Yes, you are. Am I safe? Yes, you are. Is everything going to be okay? Yes, it is. And then, for example, if at the beginning it's very hard, it always helps to have something or someone that you can feel gives you calm. For example, when I go to things that are, I remember when I first started writing and I had to go to these huge events, my anxiety was not good. So I used to come along with my best friend and I was like, please come in. Like you keep me calm. Like she knows me and I know she's going to be there. She's going to help me. So that helps. Then I started traveling all over the world and, you know, it wasn't as easy to bring my, my best friend. So I brought like this little stone that I could touch and touching it grounded me. So I was like, okay, I have my stone. And if I'm feeling that, that thing in my body that is telling me that everything is going to go bad, that I'm going to make a a huge mistake, that I want to run away from here, that's going to keep me safe. That's going to remind me that I'm okay. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever use future visualizations to like help you hone in? So I've done this thing like my entire life. I didn't realize that some people don't have this, but like my energy and what comes through, I call it skipping time. So it'll skip back, you know, way far back or it'll skip forward. And what I have always done is if I feel a lot of anxiety, it's almost like I have to bypass the energy of right now and go into a future moment. So like I'll go in and I'll say, okay, it's a year and a half from now. I can see the TV show is up. I can see that there is so much good being done and that God's work has really been seen through this TV show and that it's been well received. And kind of put myself in the future as if it's already happened. And I come back and I'm like, 
Okay. Now I just have to go through the steps. That is a great technique. Actually, I talk a little bit about that in the book. And I think that is something that, for example, athletes, they do that. What you're doing is that you you go to a future where everything is already amazing. And that is a great technique. I, I use it too. I close my eyes and I'm like, I'm okay. I've made it. This all come out great. Uh, and another technique you can do is how you're going to get there. So you set yourself to win. So it's like, okay, so I'm going to do the, for example, the recording, the TV show is going to go well, then the premiere is going to do excellent. Like you work each step successfully. Like how do I navigate this? And you reach yourself to the goal and you set yourself to win basically. So it is an amazing thing to do. It's actually amazing that you were born with this because it's a great uh, anxiety tool. That's awesome. That's so awesome. I have to ask this question too for my cousin because my cousin is a person who has struggled with anxiety and has seen like every person under the sun for anxiety. And when I tap into his energy, what I really feel is that for some people, because I see this in other clients too, where sometimes just having anxiety and knowing the way that it makes you feel, when they even feel the smallest bit of it, it's like total fear comes back and it draws them right back into the heaviness of their anxiety. And then, you know, one of my other gifts too is seeing people's thoughts. So spirit will come in and say, you need to get through to this thought to dissolve that energy within them. And one of the thoughts that I see a lot of times with people with anxiety is they tell themselves, it's never going to go away. Like I'm going to have this for forever. And so for people who have these really big cases, what do you see? Have you seen people work through it? I think I have a really big case. My anxiety was is is really it was very very bad like for years. And I also what you just said, you, I felt like you just described me and it's crazy. Tell us your story you know, too. Yeah, tell us your background with anxiety. Like where did it start? How did it come about? You know, it's it's an, a very interesting uh, thing to understand where anxiety comes from. And I think it's very different for many people. I, I Like there's no one thing or one root or one origin for anxiety. I think every person has a, a different story. Uh, sometimes it's genetics. Sometimes it's rooted on a traumatic event. In my case, I think it is rooted, but I understand this very, very late, later on as I was an adult, a traumatic event I had as a, as a child. And I think I was a very, you know, anxious kid. My mother, I have no idea why she didn't realize. I think she saw me through the eyes of love and she said like, oh, well, maybe my kid is, you know, she's kind of scared. Like she feels scared easily or stuff like that. But I realized I struggled with it from since I was very young. And then what happened is that I'm Latina, I'm from Colombia, and what happens when you're Latina is that our culture is is great, but it's also a culture where 
women especially, it's like you have to be strong, you have, you know, to be work very hard, like, and you know, it's, there's not a lot of time for questioning mental health. My mother was like, I was like, mom, I think I have this anxiety and maybe depression. What can I do? And my mom looked at me and was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, you just know you, you have to be strong and keep working. And I did that. I did that because I didn't know any other way. And then I think I hold on for a lot of time. Like I, I wish I, I had visited a therapist early on. And when I got to, to the therapist, I think I was in a, in a very bad point. I was having full blown panic attacks, maybe four panic, panic attacks a day. It was getting very, very bad. I always tell people that when you're having an anxiety crisis, like for example, my diagnosis is I have generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, but it's crazy because when you're in, in the middle of a really bad anxiety attack, you have everything. Like you have OCD, you have agoraphobia. It's a mix of everything in there and it's really bad. And you feel like I'm going to go crazy and this is going to be my life forever. And the thing with anxiety disorders is that it feels so bad, not only in your mind, but in your body. It's so exhausting and it's so hard to navigate. So it's very easy to, one, feel like you want to give up. Like, my God, is, please tell me, like, and I found myself saying this to my psychiatrist, like, is my life always going to be this way? Because this is a miserable life to have. Like, I don't want this in one side and on the other is like you you are very afraid when it's over you're like oh my god thank god it's over i'm so afraid this is gonna happen again and so what i understand and what i think is very important for people who are struggling with severe or whatever kind of diagnosed anxiety disorders is that you need to become friends with your anxiety, basically. I know it is very easy to say and very hard to do because why would you want to be friends with this thing that is horrible? It's horrible and you want so bad when it goes, when, for example, your medication starts working, when your therapy is going well, when you feel like, oh my God, I'm myself again. You don't want it to come back. You want to stay in that bliss forever. But... And I know I've done that, but you know what you have to do? You have to, I've learned that what you resist persists. So it's very easy when you're feeling okay and you say like, this is my new life. It's never going to come back. You know, I'm going to be, and then when it comes back, it's going to hit you harder just because you hate it so much, just because you're resisting it so much. So we need to relate with anxiety in a more human way like with more compassion. And it's like, okay, this is my anxiety. I'm not going to resist it. I'm going to understand it. I'm going to say, I've been here before and I've been out of this before and I'm going to be better again. And I think basically that's what, like you need to stop the fearing your anxiety so bad. I think that's what's worked for me and what my therapist has told me and I think that's the best advice I can give if you're struggling with anxiety. I love that. That's so perfect. 
Friends, just a little side note here. I am so excited to announce that we are launching three free live events coming up October 15th, October 22nd, and November 3rd. Now, friends, this is not about politics whatsoever, but those first two dates are on the nights of presidential debates, and that third event is the night of the election. Why are we having these live free events? Just to lift you up in prayer, to come together as a community, because remember, when we come together, and direct our intent to raise the vibe within humanity, ourselves, our communities, our families, my goodness, the other side takes that energy and you can feel it so much more profoundly. So again, not about politics whatsoever, just about helping you keep your energy clear, help you lift your vibration, not just for yourself, but for everyone around you within our communities and the world. So I really hope that you will take part in these live events with me. If you want to be a part of this, please hop on over to my website and make sure we have your email address. Go to theangelmedium.com. That's theangelmedium.com. And where it says, want weekly angel messages for free, put in your name and email address. That way we can send you a free link to the event with a passcode you can use to get in. Friends, thank you for being Earth Angels here, for joining us at these events and really helping us raise, shift, and lift the vibration here on Earth. Now let's get back to the show. I think one of the things that you said totally hits the nail on the head, which is our generation is kind of the first generation coming up that is really learning how to use our voices again. Because one of the things that you touched on is actually something that my husband and I were talking about at dinner last night. It was interesting because I had just channeled out uh, an angel message for my angel message blessed emails on Monday. And it was the exact same thing that he started talking about at dinner, which is like he was taught boys don't cry. And in the email I was, I was channeling out through spirit, spirit was saying, when you were growing up, Julie, you were told, suck it up. If you were crying, that was the term, suck it up. And, and the other thing was at dinner, like, the rule was, unless you finished everything on your plate, you didn't get dessert. And so we were taught not to trust our feelings, not to listen to our feelings, not to trust how our body is feeling. Another one, were you ever told you're too sensitive? That's another one that comes up all the time. Oh, you're just too sensitive. Yes. Uh, and it's always a bad thing. It's never like, wow, you're so sensitive. It's right? always like, shut up, like take it out. Like you're so sensitive. Fuck it up. Like yes. stop being so sensitive. And it's like, you know, this is actually, this is a good thing. Totally. Totally. Another one was you're being too emotional. Take the emotion yeah. out of it. Right. Um, so right. we were, we were taught all of this 
for years. And that is how our brains were wired. So we're undoing the wiring. We are retraining our brains to think a different way. Because the truth of the matter is, is that when you are tapped into your intuition, when you are listening to your feelings, you are connected to spirit, to God, to the angels in a way where they can help guide you so much more easily. I think it's so sad. And um, basically, my whole work, uh, it's amazing that, that you brought this up. My whole work is, is towards that. It's to unlearning the way we've, we've been taught to not trust our emotions and our feelings. And also the way we are constantly and persistently told that there are good feelings and bad feelings. Mm-hmm. Because even if they're not telling you, oh, look, sadness is bad, they're telling you, do not cry. But when you're happy, they're making a celebration, right? When you're successful, there's a celebration. Everyone is like, hey, how are you? Congratulations or whatever. But whenever things get tough, then you're taught that you need to get rid of that emotion. And that is so profoundly wrong. That is very messed up. We are human beings and we have all the emotions we have because they're all good. And I don't even want to use the words good or bad. It's because they are in like, it's part of you. You need to feel it all. And when I say feel it all is we've been trained to only one thing of all the plethora of emotions a human being has. We've been trained to only seek, persist, celebrate, embrace one, which is happiness. And that is so crazy. And I can go on and on and on about this and how that has hurt us as individuals. It has blocked us from connecting deeply with other human beings. The tradition of our families telling us not to cry, boys don't cry, suck it up. But I think there's also like this, the society is based on this. Basically because society thinks, and it's really crazy, that sad people, depressed people, afraid people, they are of no no good use to society. Because an afraid person, a sad person, a fearful person is not gonna work. And it's not going to give money to the world. And we live in a world where that's your value. And that's really messed up. Because you know what? Afraid people, sad people, depressed people, anxious people are amazing. And they are contributing to the world. And they can live in this world the way they are. And it's it's crazy for me to state the obvious. Yeah. You have every feeling in you. So you need to feel it all. It's very important. That's a message that we've really been trying to get through on the podcast is that, you know, anybody who comes across as if they're perfect run because there is no such thing as a perfect human being. And to your point, there have been people throughout history, like we regard Van Gogh as like one of the best painters, right? But wasn't he in an asylum when he, you know, he chopped off his ear and yet in the asylum, he was looking up at the stars and saw Starry Night and, and painted that based on what he had seen. 
I believe that spirit walks us through our journey, that your spirit team is there on the other side, guiding us, directing us, protecting us. And if there was such thing as a perfect human being, they would have it down already. And we would see that, you know, because they would have all of the answers and you'd see their life as perfect, but it does not exist. So instead of trying to, within our own lives, reach this place of perfection, it's really about accepting our own humanity. And what I've learned through 2020 is that feels really raw and that feels really uncomfortable sometimes. Yes. Being human is hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it hurts. Mm-hmm. And we are always being told to run away from pain and to run away from what feels uncomfortable. And that is crazy mm-hmm. because humanity is like that. And when I mean pain, I don't mean suffering. I think suffering is one thing, pain is another. But life is painful, you know? Who define and- that. Go into that more pain versus <laughs> suffering. I think suffering is when you hold on to pain. I think suffering is also something that we are taught to. For example, it's like to be a good mother. I'm not a mother, but I've seen it with my friends and my own family and my own mother. It's like to be a mother, you need to suffer. You need to sacrifice yourself. You need to embrace your pain. Like this is always going to be this way. Like you need to put your kids first. And that is crazy. You don't need to do that. You need to live your life by example and embrace your life. And then that's how you're going to be a good mother or a good father, because then your kids are going to see, oh, this is what being a, 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 you know, a whole human being works. And then pain, pain is inevitable. Like pain is there, but we are offered so many things to numb that pain. We are told so, so many times since we're, I think we're babies, that pain is bad, that that's why I think so many people grow up and it's like, oh, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's all these kind of like things in the world to numb that pain. Even social media sometimes is, is something that people are using to numb pain. I think we need to embrace pain. So how do you do that? How do you embrace pain? You know, it's been, it's been a very recent journey for me, embracing pain. It's been like maybe my, my, like the last year and this year I've been, it's been very like a revelation to me. What I'm saying is like, oh, so pain, I need to embrace it. No, uh, I was so afraid of pain. You have no idea. You have no idea. And I could, you know, I could say like, oh, I'm brave. I go out into the world. But when it came to the really painful stuff, like I'm going to be open with you. Last year I am adopted. And last year I went into a quest to, to search for my birth mother. And the, the specifics of my adoptions are very particular. Like it was in the 80s, so it wasn't through the government. Like it was a very informal adoption. There's no paperwork, no anything. So I cannot trace her like legally or anything like that. So I have no no idea, like I have no real information other than her name and may, maybe some specifics of how I came to the world. And then I, I track her down and I wrote to her 
And this is, as an adopted person, this is something very meaningful and, you know, definite to, to my life. And I went and met her and I, she told me that the reason I, I knew before I, I went to met her that I had two older brothers, like a sister and a brother. So that was very weird to me. Like, why would, like, I didn't understand the specifics. Like, why would a woman who already has, who already is a mother and has two kids, like, why would she give me up? And I also knew that she was actually, she, she was in a very good economic position. So it was like, like, it's, it's weird. So I went down and I met her and she told me that I was born from rape. And that was and is the most painful thing. I think that a human being, one of the most painful things a human being can experience. And that is and has been very painful and very tough. And when I was presented with this pain, I was like, I don't want to face it. It's too big. It's too painful. I, I don't want it. And I thought that if I let myself feel that pain, I would go crazy because it was so painful. And my therapist, who's been amazing, she was like, you're not going to go crazy. You just need to feel it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. But we don't trust ourselves when pain comes. We feel very scared. So it's very, it's been a very humbling and transcendent experience, maybe the biggest experience of my life to learn that I need to feel the pain and that I can grow from pain and that it's not going to kill me and that I'm going to come out okay. And that actually when you come out of pain, you come not only stronger, but I feel with a sense that, oh, I can, I have like more tools to live life, you know? Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that story with me. You know, when you were speaking, what your spirit team was showing me was this piece of you that's connected to the love that your mother radiates, your birth mother, and that they kept growing that heart of her love over the darkness, right? And that, that you can just connect and know that that's your essence. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for telling me that. I feel it. And you know, It's actually very special for me to be here. And when you wrote to me, I was like, wow, this is so crazy because angels have been present in my life, as I told you. But the first time that I actually like had like felt messages and like had this really strong connection was in this time of pain. I was very, I was feeling so bad. And a friend of mine told me, I like, you should talk to your angels. You should talk to someone who talks to angels. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go do that. It was such a great experience. I felt such a relief. I felt so, you know, less alone. I felt like I, like, I love how you say the word team, like spiritual team, because I felt like I really, even if I was in my and I cannot describe how painful this was. This, this is so much pain. And I feel like I had a team on my, on my side. 
And ever since, I've been talking to my angels and I say to them, you know, I'm going to put this in your hands or I thank you for, you know, being on my side. I feel as alone. It's so crazy because when this book came out and because right now I'm not in the United States, I feel like I have no control. I have no idea. Like it's going to do good. This is not going to do good. And, you know, I am also like you. I'm not like Eckhart Tolle. I'm like, I want it to, to do good. I want to receive that call from Oprah, right? And sometimes I want it very bad. I'm very human in that way. I want to go big. And it's been a humbling year. So what I did was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to light a candle and I'm going to ask my angels. And I'm going to give you this. Angels, this is my book. I put it in your hands. I hope it helps people. Thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity of being a writer. And then you contacted me. And it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yes. Look, I swear. I swear to God. That's how it works. Uh, how, that's how it turned out. Too? So this is wild because spirit does this all the time where I sometimes I feel like I lag behind because it's hard to produce so much content, right? Like content for social media, meaningful content for social media. And I put out a message from the angels every Monday in a blast email. And then we have two podcast episodes every week. They said, you have to stop feeling like you have to do everything right in the moment because, and this was like six months ago, they said, just channel when we're here to channel because I can feel their presence. So when they come in and they're like, here's the message, they said, just go with that. Now, what's fascinating is they said, because we will line it up on the day that it needs to go out. So there's been so many synchronicities where things will line up like right on the days when people need it. And they're always emailing in. It's wild. It's so wild. and so beautiful. Yes. I feel so like to me, this is like, for example, receiving your mail. It was so much more important than, I don't know, tell like a call from my editor telling me you're a bestseller in one week. This was like, oh my God, like from above, they're listening to me. They're listening to me. You know how much powerful and beautiful that feels? I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. And that thank you. Thank oh you. Oh my goodness. Thank you for coming on the show. And we're not done. I'm so excited for you. I want us to stay on and record a little bit more for the Thursday segment because on the Thursday segment, we talk about angel stories. And I know that there's a couple of angel stories that I want to, you know, Spirit always brings through questions to ask to people because then it takes you like in a journey of the message that they're trying to get to. So everybody stay with us. And on Thursday's episode, we are going to talk about Amalia's angel stories. But first, I have to ask you this because this has been a year where the politics of everything has been giving me more anxiety than ever before. And I really want the community listening to know a new term. There is a term called, if you haven't heard it yet, BIPOC, B-I-P-O-C. And what BIPOC stands for is Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. So 
you know, when I look at the politics and there is so much on the line for this country with the BIPOC community, with the LGBT community and the Supreme Court, you know, looking to upturn marriage where, you know, there are so many people within the United States and these are human beings that are looking at losing their insurance, losing their children, being able to look at their family and say, my parents are married. You know, they call it Obamacare. They started that, you know, as a harsh term, but in my life, and and people have heard me tell this story, when my daughter was born, we thought everything was okay. You know, nobody said anything was wrong. And my daughter was born. We were awake for like 48 hours because it was a terrible delivery. We finally went to sleep and three hours later they came in and they said, your daughter's turning blue. She's downstairs in the PICU. She's with the doctors. They need to talk to you. We had no idea. And she went, we went through three months of very intensive being in and out of the hospitals, her coding twice, and then bringing her back to life. The first three years were, I mean, just about keeping her alive. And I think it was within the first year alone. She had over a million three hundred thousand dollars worth of bills. And that is crazy. Year, yeah, listen to this, it gets crazier. So the year before um she was born is when Obamacare went into place, or maybe it was months before she was born. If it had not gone into place, they would have deemed her as having a pre-existing condition because she had a syndrome. And she would only be allotted a max of $1 million, which means that in the first year alone, my husband and I having a child, we would have been over $300,000 in debt in the first year. And if you're thinking, well, Julie, I don't have to worry about that because my kids don't have a syndrome. I don't have a syndrome. No. I mean, if they overturn this and they say pre-existing conditions now stand, we're looking at people who have diabetes or who have had cancer, or if you have had a knee issue, you know, whatever it is, they can go back and say, no, you have had a pre-existing condition we're not covering that. And I know that a lot of people haven't dived into this topic, but the number of Americans that I have talked to who had pre-existing conditions or kids with pre-existing conditions before Obamacare went into place, they would say, Julie, you know, I lived a middle-class lifestyle. And yet when we had so much debt, we decided my husband was going to eat one night or I was going to eat one night or we would split our meals or, you know, we would make sure that the kids ate and we didn't. That's how dire this was before. And these are just people's lives. And so I can't help but feel there's, there's so much. And You know what Spirit's saying to tell everybody, because these are very divisive issues, right? So there are some people who will come in and say, yes, Julie, but with Obamacare, it raised my rates so much, or we had to pay so much more out of pocket. And I really went into meditation on this, and Spirit said, it's like buying a house. When you buy a house and you get into the house and you realize that you need a new furnace, or you realize that the the roof needs a bit of 
of work. You don't throw out the house. You don't throw out Obamacare. You tweak it. You know, you make it what it needs to be. But, yeah. uh, oh gosh, I mean, and I try just as much to keep everything positive here on the podcast. I just feel for so many humans. I feel for my daughter of what she'll have to go through if she has millions of dollars in debt because she's a human. Yes, that I mean that is horrible, and I I am so sorry that that happened. Is your daughter okay now? Yeah, she's doing fantastic now. There's different things that we have to look out for in the future that can be a result of her syndrome. But uh, she, we we thank God that she just had um, she ended up having a very mild case despite all that she went through. Thank God. You know, um, I'm so happy for her and for you. And I am. People are very anxious about elections because it's crazy. What is happening is crazy. And I also think that what is happening is because we are not very connected with being, you know, what, what being a human means. And if you listen to any spiritual leader, anyone will tell you to that looking out for one another, that being good to your neighbor, that caring for people, that, you know, that making sure that those who don't have um, enough to eat that they have, that we can give them something to eat, that we can take care of those more in need. That is the basic human decency to me. So it's, to me, it's very crazy that people are against what is just basic. And I would tell people that are facing this very big fear and very big anxiety that what these challenging times are teaching us is to engage, to help, to go out, to, you know, to vote, to make um, the world a better place. We've been told by the system for so long that maybe our voices don't don't matter and that who are you? Like you're one people in this huge world or this huge country. That's a lie. That's a very, very big lie. Uh, it matters and it matters a lot. And your voice is also heard by your neighbor, by your best friend, by your cousin. So use your voice to change. That's actually what we were born to do. Don't lose hope. I know also, and this is, I don't want to get political, but I think that when it gets so bad, when you get so hopeless and frustrated and anxious, but at the same time, you're full of fear. I think they want you to feel like that. I think they want you to feel like there's nothing else to do. I cannot do anything else. Resist. You can do. Yes, you can do. Yes, your voice matters. Yes, you feel hopeless and frustrated and I get you, but keep going. It's not the time to quit. It's the time to work together and to reunite. And I think that I hope this gives us a, a new sense of community. Mm-hmm. We are living very individualized lives where we are where our connections to other is through a cell phone where we don't even need to look at each other anymore. We don't, when we're spending time together, we're disconnected by our cell phones. You think that this does not 
like have an, an influence on your anxiety and your mental health, but it does. It does because our biology is not, is, it hasn't evolved in the same pace as technology has. Yeah. So we still need the connection. We still need to be present. We need to go to a park and be in the park, not be in the park checking what is going on in Afghanistan. No, be in the park, leave the cell phone at home. Yeah. So yeah. That's what I would tell community. Community is going to take us out of this and it's going to take us back to us, which is so amazing for me. Yeah. And I think that that's exactly it. And what the angels were saying too, is that it comes down to getting involved where your heart feels called, right? Or where you have had experiences. So I have had experiences with how not having pre-existing conditions be part of, of laws has benefited our family and speaking out about that. But I think that, you know, if those who are listening want an avenue for where you can get involved, no matter which way this election goes, there are different deep-seated issues that we need to be working on. One of them is the Electoral College. The Electoral College is not working for us as a country anymore. And what have any of us done to overturn the Electoral College? I know I personally haven't done anything, and that's our fault. You know, when we're not getting involved, we're not creating the change that we need to see. Another big fault is having a two-party system is not sufficient for our country. It's not good. And I don't want to use good or bad. It's not helpful. And we need to have... Not healthy. It's not healthy for our democracy. It's not not healthy healthy. at all. Yeah. Having a two-party system is not healthy for our democracy. That is so true. So how can we join communities to change that? Because those two things alone could have huge changes for the future of our country. And, and that's something that we should want to be a part of. Now, that's just kind of me talking. What your angels were saying is your soul is here right now. And you might not have known everything that was going to come in your path while you were here as a human being, but you knew the gist of what was going on and you came to be part of the change. So everybody who's listening, I want you to really feel into that because when you feel inspired or led by your heart to create change in some way or to become part of a community that's leading the way and change in some way you're really working on part of your soul's purpose here in this lifetime that's so powerful yes i agree yeah couldn't be more in the same page than you oh amalia i am so excited for people to read your book Tell people where they can find it, where it is online, where they can find you too. You can find the book. It's called Things You Think About When You Bite Your Nails. You can find it in Target. I had no idea. You can find it everywhere. So, uh, books are sold or, you know, online. It's on Amazon. It's just Google it and you'll find the, the right link for you. Support local bookshops. For sure, that's that's 
big important thing to me and you can find me online i'm in instagram twitter uh it's amalia andrade how do you say like the, the underscore the, underscore thank yes. you and we'll put and, all of that in the show notes too so that people have direct access to go right through to it yeah that, that would be great because many people have no idea how to spell my last name so that would be amazing just follow the links you guys That's perfect. That's perfect. Amalia, we're going to have you back on on Thursday. Thank you, everybody, for being here and listening today. Thank you, Amalia, for being on the show. No, thank you so much for having me. I couldn't be more happy to be a part of this, and I admire your work very much. So thank you. Thank you. Friends, if you'd like to hear from your angels and loved ones on the other side, book a one-on-one session via phone, FaceTime, or Zoom. You can also work with me one-on-one when you register to take the Angel Reiki School online to develop and use your own unique spiritual gifts. If you're just looking to be able to connect with your own personal angels, the Angel Communication online course will teach you how to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly. Friends, if you get benefit from this podcast, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and ask a friend to listen. Don't forget to look in the show notes to see the winner of this month's free drawing. You're entered into the drawing when you write a five-star positive review and email it over to us so that we know how to contact you when you win. Now, if you have time, I want you to pause and do some energy work with me for a moment to lighten, clear, and reset your own energy. To start, I want you to take two deep breaths. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Friends, as I walk you through this, I want you to use your imagination as an energy tool. Friends, your imagination isn't something that's not real. Your imagination is what every human being uses to create physical reality. How does a painter know what to paint? How does a sculptor know what to sculpt? How does a writer know what to write? They see it all within their mind, within the imagination, before it flows through them and is created within physical reality. Friends, I want you to start by seeing yourself surrounded by thousands of angels. These are all angels that work directly for God and they circle around you. They have this light, airy, warm, yummy presence to them. And my friends, they are simply pure love and they radiate their love from their being to yours. I want you to take a moment to just breathe deeply in and out as you see and feel the presence of all of these angels surrounding you, sending their love and light energy to you.
Friends, next, I want you to see yourself surrounded by your loved ones on the other side. Your angels haven't gone anywhere, they're still right there, but now steps in your loved ones on the other side. Greet them, welcome them. Take a moment within your imagination to give them the biggest hug and kiss. Friends, as we do this healing work together, I want you to see that every single being that is surrounding you is just surrounding you because they are connected to God and they want to help you as a soul here on earth to lift your energy, to make it lighter, to take any heaviness out of your aura, chakras, and body. In order for them to help you with this, what I want you to do is voice to them. See yourself in your imagination telling your angels, your loved ones on the other side, God energy of course is there too. Tell them what you are afraid of. I want you to be specific and explain your fears to them now. Now, friends, I want you to see your loved ones and angels on the other side comforting you, holding you, wiping away your tears. I want you to see them telling you that you're going to be okay. Your family is going to be okay. I want you to see them showing you in their way from the other side that they are there helping you every step of the way and that they will never, ever leave your side. Friends, I want you to see or feel God energy, this pure, white, radiant light pouring down from above over you. And as you feel this pure love and light, this gentle waterfall just pouring over your head, filling your body, filling your auric field to the outside of you, filling every inch of your being around you. I want you to feel that as this light energy comes in, the highest vibration that is as it gently pours into your being, I want you to feel how all the heaviness within you just releases. With the snap of your finger, 
God takes every ounce of heavy, low vibrational energy within you. And with that snap of the finger, God turns all of it into the highest vibration, love, light energy. Friends, I want you to imagine within your imagination your DNA strand. Now the way that spirit shows me the DNA and what it looks like is if you could imagine that double helix and that within that double helix are millions or billions of doors and windows. And those doors and windows open and close. And as they do, some serve your highest health and good some do not. What I want you to do is say this prayer with me. My friends, this energy work does not have to take a lot of time. You're going to hear me say, use the snap of your fingers because within that snap of the fingers, your intention shifts the energy within your body. So you can say it, but please believe it. Know like you know like you know within your heart that you are changing the energy, the frequency within you to be pure, complete health. So say this little prayer with me now. God, please close all the doors and windows to my DNA that don't serve my highest health. With a snap of your fingers, see those doors and windows close. And God, please open all the doors and windows to my DNA that do serve my highest health. See those doors and windows open with a snap of your fingers. What I want you to do now is see yourself healthier than ever come September of this year. Daydream, visualize about what that health looks like and feels like to you within your body come September of this year. Take a moment to do this work right now and I'll come back to you with my voice in one minute. Friends, I want you to believe like you believe like you believe that you, your family, your friends, you are protected. You are safe. You are secure. Your angels are looking out for you. God is looking out for you. Your loved ones are looking out for you. See yourself as healthier than ever come September of this year. Now I want you to pray with me for a moment for everyone else. God Please protect our nurses, doctors, and all healthcare professionals around the world. God, may you give each of them strength and protect them. God, please also protect all people who work in grocery stores, food service, or delivery. God, may you give each of them the strength and protection that they need. 
for all people who are suffering from COVID-19 themselves. God, may you take care of them and heal all who are able to be healed. Surround them with your divine protection. Surround them with angels and help every cell within their body to become completely 100% healthy again. God, for every person who has lost a job or had their income reduced, please clearly show them the path to healing, safety, security. Whisper to them in their hearts the direction that you would have them go. God, for every child on this planet, please help them to receive the attention, love, nurturing, and care that they so desperately need. God, please surround them with angels and allow them to feel the divine presence of your love and warmth. For those filled with hatred, God, we ask you to transmute that hate within their hearts into love energy, and we ask you to open up their hearts to make shifts and positive changes to help them raise their vibration. And everyone who is helping with the COVID-19 effort or response in some way, God, please be with each person who needs your strength. Clearly guide them and protect them with whatever they need at this time. Friends, finally, I want you to visualize Thanksgiving of this year. I want you to take a moment of silence to experience this daydream within your mind. See every single family member and friend and loved one there at the dinner table. See them happy, healthy. Feel the gratitude of this Thanksgiving beyond any other Thanksgiving in the past. Gratitude for being all together. Gratitude for all being healthy. Gratitude for the lessons learned. Gratitude for the relationships that grew deeper and the love that is between you all. Again, my friends, see your spirit team on the other side telling you that you are going to be okay. See them helping you. My friends, God loves you. Your spirit team loves you. I love you. Open up your heart like French doors to all of the unexpected blessings that they're trying to bring into your life right now. May you go forth with your day feeling lighter, and living in the high vibration that is God. Go forth in your day, surrounded by angels and your spirit team on the other side protecting you. Allow yourself to just be. Allow yourself to live in the high vibrational frequency that is God and carry it with you throughout your day. Friends, I have to have a disclaimer at the end. This podcast is to educate, inspire, and entertain you on your personal journey towards health and happiness. It is not intended to replace care best provided by qualified professionals, and it is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.